three minutes after 10 and uh, I'd like to remind you a team is that at 11 o'clock it will be the news bulletin and after that our closet conversation so make sure you are tuned in we are going to right now be talking about something very critical for our health and uh, critical because each year uh, on this particular day the 24th of March World TB Day is recognized and this is an annual event that has been commemorated since uh, 1882 when uh, Dr. Robert Koch uh, announced his discovery of tuberculosis. So we are celebrating or recognizing the day today. And in so doing, we also want to ensure that we successfully understand how to prevent, control and raise awareness of the challenges that hinder progress towards eliminating of this very devastating disease being TB. So we'll be talking right now to Dr. Peter Henning, who's a radiologist at Keystone Medical. Atima, remember the numbers that you can dial to contribute on this particular topic is 011-714-2006 or you can SMS on 41391. You can also WhatsApp 0614-104-107. A good evening to you, Dr. Henning. Evening, Patricia. How are you doing tonight? Very good, thank you. And uh, I'm very uh, glad that we are able to talk about TB in 2021. And it's no longer um, a, a very, how can I put it? It's no longer as life-threatening as it was before. Thank goodness to medical, um, you know, advancements when it comes to this particular disease. But clearly more still needs to be done. Well, Patricia, the one thing I can tell you is that it's a pity that even at 2021, uh, it's still a greater killer of people than COVID would ever be and still a main cause of death in South Africa, which is really sad. Sure. So TB in South Africa is still um, showing higher numbers than um, COVID-19. But then why is it that TB is not getting the prevalence that COVID-19 is getting right now? Well, it's simply a case of popularity, you know. Unfortunately, we live in a culture of modern social media and everything associated with it. So, um, So it's been, let's just say, downplayed the last... 20 years in South Africa as a disease associated with poverty and immunosuppression instead of the fact that it still remains the number one disease in our country way far than COVID would ever be. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I think popularity should really take a side step. And and what I mean, when we're looking at symptoms of uh, COVID-19 versus symptoms of t- tuberculosis, there are very big similarities. Are some people with tuberculosis being misdiagnosed? Listen, this is one of the biggest problems I see every day in my practice is the fact that COVID and TB absolutely share the same uncanny characteristics that separate it from other diseases. And, um, and unfortunately, even in imaging, which is my speciality, we have a case where COVID and TB looks exactly the same. So how do you know what disease you have? And um, it has caused such a large population group of this country not being diagnosed with the correct diagnosis simply because for a doctor's mind, 
it looks exactly the same. So how do you know which one it is? Unfortunately, COVID, most people recover. TB, if you do not get treatment, there's no recovery because it's simply debilitating and continues to eat your lungs without you knowing it. I've got an A-teamer here who would like to weigh in on the conversation. KGM, good evening. Uh, good evening, Pat. Good evening to your guest and, and to good evening, my fellow listeners. Um, j- just to add on to what what your guest is, is saying, but just to put it explicitly out there, the reason why COVID is more popular, for a lack of a better word, than, than the real um, killer diseases out there, not just TB, there's quite a number of them, by the way, it's because COVID is the current money spinner for governments across the world and the elite in terms of the haves and the have. Um, I hope I'm not... No, we can hear you, uh, KGM, can continue. Okay. Now, the, the, we, we shouldn't be blaming or asking for accountability for, from ourselves. We are not the inventors of these diseases. Ask the president and, and the, the health minister and everybody who claims to know what COVID is all about, ask them this question. Why are you creating such a hullabaloo about COVID when we know factually so, not just from what your guest is saying, but from what many um, People in the industry, whether you call you call them professors, doctors, and, and so forth, they they have relentlessly said this is over exaggerated. And why are the governments maybe just focus on our government? Why are they not spending the same amount of resources, monetary and otherwise, on awareness as they call it, on other diseases that are killing? way much more numbers than COVID. I think that's where the crux of the matter for me is. Patricia, thanks for taking my call. Thank you very much, KGM. Um, We are talking A-teamers to Dr. Peter Henning, who's a radiologist at Keystone Medical, and uh, we are looking at the issue of uh, tuberculosis. There's been, um, you know, this beautiful discovery that screening through chest x-ray is, is a more accurate diagnose, uh, diagnostic tool um, to detect TB in patients in South Africa. As today, we are recognizing World TB Day, which we started in 1882 to recognize this day when tuberculosis was actually announced by Dr. Robert Koch. Um, Dr. Henning, in terms yes. of TB, there's a TB that's um, known as the drug-resistant TB, which occurs in uh, some patients. Talk to us about this particular one, because it seems like it's one of the big killers. Uh, well, first, uh, Patricia, let me just answer KTM on that statement he made. It's, I think, quite important to realize that there is a geopolitical shift in healthcare that dictates the way that patients are treated. And I mean, for us to live in 2021 and think that a disease like COVID, which is a flyby pandemic of a virus, will be bigger than the greatest disease in the history of Africa. It's not just a statement of the lack of the world 
recognizing the needs of a specific continent, but also downplays the fact that healthcare has always been second to money-making potential of great pharmaceutical companies in Africa. And that is the reason why we don't see the same hype that we do with TB treatment and HIV treatment compared to COVID treatment. I mean, it's just, it is an insult on humanity and humanitarian values of medicine. When you look at the fact that we downplay a disease that has killed many more people than COVID every single year for the last 100 years compared to this pandemic. And unfortunately, um, you are, KTM was completely right. You know, people, people do not realize that there is a certain propaganda towards treatment that we do not realize. And if I can answer you on your question, which you asked, like multi-drug-resistant TB, MDR-TB, the bane of most of the Western Cape. You know, what's important for people to know is that is the first TB that um, started to cause a massive dent in South Africa's healthcare system without it being affected by HIV rates. In other words, people without HIV developed this TB because they had immunity. They produced immunity against the drugs and then they developed a new kind of TB. And it was so rampant and bad that it debilitated the Western Cape health industry for almost 10 years, about five years ago. And yet nobody knows about it because it didn't reach mainstream media like the current type of the pandemic. And this is the kind of, let's say, narrow-shaped mindset that modern healthcare companies are fighting against. Let's look past the money, look past the, let's say, political benefits you can get out of being a disease and looking what your people need, what is the actual need of the healthcare industry in South Africa. And when you look at that, roll down to whatever is the problem, you will still have TB as the number one infection. You'll still have HIV as the number one disease burden money. You will still have breast cancer as the biggest cancer. Not what they're selling you, but what is actually out there every day. Now, when it comes to diagnosing TB, um, it seems that uh, chest x-rays is one of those that is really uh, coming up to become more accurate. Yes. So let me tell my speciality as a radiologist, which is an interpretation of x-rays or scans or sonar. I can by far tell you that uh, the gold standard and the basic principle is an x-ray you want to take with your lungs. Unfortunately, we know that very active TB can only be diagnosed by an expensive scan, which South Africa, of course, does not have the infrastructure to do. But despite that, we know now that our X-ray technology in South Africa has improved to a level where we can predict it much better than a doctor listening to a chest. So when you have a cough that's persistent, that's causing you night coughs, that's bad, Go for your x-ray. Let's just look at your lungs and see what we see. Unfortunately, like all things in life, it has its limitations, but we still pick up 30% more than people not going for that, which is a lot.
But is that the standard protocol, especially for those who attend public health care services? No, unfortunately, there's no protocol for that. Um, it will be the decision by your health care provider, which is why the reason we advocate having a chest X-ray or a scan of your chest, depending on which system you're in, for as many as possible people, because it prevents you. Um, I'm, when I say prevent debilitation, I think a good example will be the mining industry of South Africa. You know, it's our main money driver in terms of bulk employment. And um, what happened in the mining industry is they were losing so many workers on TB and HIV that they started screening the patients for the diseases they have. And if it was picked up early, it would save the current South African, and this is from a VIT study, the current South African mining industry, $50 million a year just by early screening, which is really cheap. It's just a choice that employers, government, and authorities will have to make to decide that their employees' health care is above what drives the absolute baseline. It's very sad that uh, this more accurate way of detecting TB is not the standard protocol when you go to public health care services and it's dependent on your health care providers. Sure, I wish that this can definitely change so that we can see this uh, dreadful disease um, being eradicated as much as possible. Let me go to some of the messages that I've received from our A-teamers. So this one says, good evening Patricia and all A-teamers, which one is more deadlier between the inherent TB and the one which can be caused by inhaling dangerous gases and polluted air. This is from Donald. Well, um, inherited TB, um, I'm not sure what he means by that, but basically there are two types of TB that has been produced in the world. The one is the one that's an active TB that get as an initial infection. And then latent TB, which means you have the TB, but it doesn't show in symptoms. But later on, in other words, you don't show a cough or anything like that, but you're still transmitting it to people. And then you get it at a very later stage. Now, between the two TBs, I can honestly tell you that people that die from TB, there's no difference between the two. In other words, the effect it has on our society is the same. It's still TB. It's still wrong. So, in other words, I want to tell people, if I can say one thing about, you know, TB Awareness Day, is do not have it. In other words, there's, whether it's latent or active or whatever, prevention of TB is better than anything you can treat it with. And it's not a nice treatment. You know, um, uh, it's the drugs have side effects like all drugs do. And I think if people realize that we need to limit side effects, then they'll realize that sometimes the treatment is worse than the cure. So let's stop TB by preventing transmission using the same protocols as COVID, but applying to our society in general, and then actually making a difference in the spread of a disease that has been crippling this continent for the last 100 years. 
Yeah, talking about the societal difference that is required, this one is an SMS from Anonymous who says, good evening. Looking at the, the predisposing causes, we are far from eradicating TB. It can be prevented. Look at the number um, of informal settlements, poverty, nutrition, etc. How do you tell the densely overcrowded informal settlements to open windows to ensure cross ventilations? So clearly, we, we it, it is one of those diseases is that needs us to to sort of like have that social distancing, proper ventilation, you know, proper hygiene. But in some of our communities, and as this message says, those communities become more hard hit. Well, Patricia, I want to I want to throw a controversial statement out there. Like um, everybody started when this COVID pandemic became a reality. They said, oh, the informal settlements, you know, all the Trust will be overflowed by COVID because the people can't maintain whatever rules people say. But look at it. We don't have informal settlements overflowed by COVID now. They applied the same rules to whichever part of the populace you're part of. And they started to comply to it. Now you want to tell me that you're going to say, okay, so poor people, people in... Uh Dr. Henning? COVID. I mean, come on, don't be as condescending as that. I'm saying if you apply the same rules and you actually enforce them on a level that people want to comply, you can eradicate the disease like TB. Why do you want... Dr. Henning? ...in South Africa because of the socioeconomic circumstances. They can still apply good, let's say, hygienic practices and prevention of COVID that will prevent TB. So now I think it's very paternalistic to say that you cannot prevent TB if you can prevent COVID. I mean, come on, we're all human beings and we all need to be applied to the same principles. Most definitely. This message here comes uh, from B, who's in uh, Western Cape. B says, um, Please ask your guest, Patricia, about TB in the joints and bones. My matric daughter was diagnosed and has to take medication for 18 months. Yes, so um, probably, unfortunately, no, not probably, unfortunately, one of the things that can happen with TB, it's not just a disease of your lungs, but of your blood. So it can spread to different organs. As soon as it goes into a joint, it's a place with low blood supply, but with a growing environment. And TB, consider TB death. It is the laziest of organisms. It's your smoker organism, the one that sits there and ferments. So it goes to a place where it finds the least amount of activity. In other words, your immune cells do not go there. So it goes and sits in places like the joints where it grows slowly and painfully. And it is so difficult to reach when it's there. That is simply the reason why disseminated, in other words, spread TB to other places, are considered one of the reasons why we diligently treat it in South Africa to the level which you do. Because we, we're one of the only countries that see that. But if you prevent it in a chest, you prevent it in other places. So that is why we're promoting, as government, as private, as every health professional, make it go away when it's in your chest so it doesn't spread to other places. Because as soon as you do, it's a latent, slow organism that causes a lot of trouble.
Now, a question here from Nikki, who's in Mpumalanga. Nikki says, I would like to know if there are any different stages with a TB. Uh, yes, definitely. You must realize that um, let's say you've smoked for 40 years and your lungs are basically shot up. You are going to be susceptible to TB because the place is void from things that can protect it. So the older people get, the worse TB will, will present in them. That is unfortunately reality. But if you're immunosuppressed, in other words, if you have diseases like HIV, we throw the rule book out of the window. Any age, any time, you can get TB because it has free reign. In other words, you should be very suspicious for a young child with a persistent cough that has immunosuppression. So I've seen TB from one year of age to 80 years of age. And there's no discrimination. It is a disease that does not discriminate. It just causes a lot of pain and trouble. Is it possible for one to have TB and not be aware of it? Definitely. And that is especially uh, that we see in population groups that does not have immunosuppression. In other words, you don't have an infection like HIV. Your immune system is fine. You feel fine. But you end up spreading the TB because you still think you you're not infected, but it is one thing that can happen. And actually, you know, um, I mean, we've realized the significance of this with um, COVID. You know, nobody thought, ah, you can spread COVID. Dr. Henning, Dr. Henning, Dr. Henning, so we keep losing you there. I think, I don't know if you can be in a, you know, suitable position where your line doesn't keep on cutting. Are you there? Dr. Henning? Dr. Henning, are you there? All right, we're going to take Dr. Henning to Benzito so that they can try and see if uh, this line issue is going to be sorted out because this is a very important topic that we're discussing. Remember, A-teamers, today uh, we are recognizing World TB Day being the 24th of March. Very, very important as uh, we have been told by Dr. Henning that TB is still one of the highest killers in South Africa, even higher than COVID-19. And um, I wonder why we are not getting more education around TB if it's that prevalent in our communities. If you'd like to weigh in, please call 011-714-2006. Dr. Henning, good evening. Are you with us? Good evening. Excellent. I'm glad. So please reiterate on that point because we lost you there. Uh, Sorry, uh, uh, please repeat the point. you you were telling us about um, if one can be have TB without being aware of it. Oh, I think it's related to the um, diagnosis of COVID compared to TB. No, before we lost you, you were talking, uh, I was asking you, can one have TB without knowing it? And you were trying to explain to us. Uh, um, yes. yes. Yeah, so, okay, let me tell you now. Um Unfortunately, a high populist group in South Africa do not know that they have TB simply because it does not present during a time of immunosuppression, like with HIV. So, unfortunately, when the people have a good immune system, they spread it to people and they carry the disease without actually manifesting any of the symptoms related to it. 
And that is the reason why we see such spread in South Africa that we do not realize, especially in a Western Cape community. Now, uh, here's a person, Bran. Bran who says uh, he had TB in 2018 while he was in matric, and it was a difficult time, but completely manageable uh, if you take the treatment for six months. I just want to know if my lung capacity is now forever damaged, even after I got healed. And by the way, I still smoke, but I'm worried. Well, first of all, since Brand still smokes, he's probably have <laughs> decreased lung capacity and it will affect the rest of his life. I mean, if you choose the one thing that has been proven to cause cancer beyond any doubt, then does it really matter that you took TB treatment if you're busy smoking still? And we all know, and I'm this, this may sound a bit arch, but unfortunately, reality is this. Smoking and TB combined just creates a dormant environment for the slow-growing spirocyte, which is the type of bacteria that TB is, to grow in an environment where it's incumbent of all the drugs you take. So what he basically is saying is, yeah, I still want to continue to have TB and smoke myself into no lung function, but he does want to be disease-free. For that person, I say, you know what, um, make a choice in life. That's the thing. Unfortunately, smoking, TB, is not compatible. Choose something else. There's a lot of hobbies you can take up, like running. You know, it's good for you. Sure. Okay, so Bran, there you go. It means your lung capacity is obviously not at its peak because you're of the smoking. So, um, you're so diplomatic in saying that. <laughs> I have other words, but... It's late, so we will not go there. So um, here's another question here. It says, um, does your x-ray tell if one has MDR-TB? What about rare pneumonias mistakes for TBAs? We all wear face masks. Would that influence the number of new cases since this is a protection after all? This is from Kumbi. Well, um, that is a very good question and a very difficult one to answer. Listen, um, we used to look at x-rays and say, okay, this must be TB. And you'd be fairly confident. Then COVID came and it produces x-rays for months after COVID that looks exactly like TB. So it has been very difficult for us to diagnose it on x-rays. If you do a CT scan, you know, which is an expensive, fancy equipment in certain hospitals, I mean, we do it out of hospitals because we really want to promote technology. But still, it's such a, a limited technology. Then you can differentiate between the two. But unfortunately, on plain x-rays, which is just a single, let's say it's a two-dimensional picture of your chest. You can only say so much. And unfortunately, on it, it's very difficult to differentiate between what we call atypical, which means the not normal type of infections. In other words, TB, fungal, which is fungus infections, and COVID looks quite the same in the acute setting, making it very difficult on pictures to decide. But you take the information from your doctor, in other words, you say, okay, I've been exposed to COVID, I have low oxygen in my blood, and I have this chest. Then you know it must be this. If you say, I've been coughing for three months, I have night sweats, and you have this chest, it's likely more TB. So it's never just a picture. It's always 
the picture in context to the patient. Excellent. Thank you very much for joining us, Dr. Henning. It was very informative. Patricia, thank you very much. I'm glad I could answer some of the questions of the people. Excellent. Let's go to Zolega Kodashe. Thank you very much. Beautiful Zolega, it's 11 o'clock and we can't wait to hear your sultry voice.